The golden spiral is a line that grows out from its starting point, curving round and round at an exponential rate. Mathematically, it is always a proportional ratio, no matter how small it is or how big it grows. Because of this, it provides a perfect aesthetic to model artwork after, hence the name, the golden spiral. Before any artwork was done or any math was calculated, however, the golden spiral existed organically, in nature. It can be seen, for example, in shells, in seeds on sunflowers, in various types of leaves, in the formation of galaxies, and even in the human fetus. The golden spiral is something we live with every day, perhaps without even noticing it. Although he was paid to be the cloner to make humans, they're called Takadama, Adam and Eve, uh, only to be slaves and snack food, but he snuck a bullet in the furnace there. He, he, he wanted to do something more interesting. <laughs> okay, guys, welcome back to the Grand America Show. I uh, hope you had a Merry Christmas. <clears throat> we are going to be chatting with... <clears throat> Dan Winter a little bit later about uh, the science of consciousness and uh, crazy tech, all sorts of fun stuff. This is a great chat. Plasma healing devices and yeah, gravity great. and... All sorts of great stuff. This is a fun one for sure. Saturday afternoon. Well, I guess it was Saturday evening for him. Uh, and we got Michael back with us again. Ho, ho, ho. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you haven't figured out, we recorded both these intros the same night. <laughs> anyway, like first, as always... Process. Graham, slippery when wet, Dunlop. How's it going, hey, buddy? Hey, good, buddy. How are you? Good. Good. This was a fun one, too. Dan Winter was recommended by a bunch of listeners and a bunch of my personal friends here in Calgary. Give a shout out to Stefan and Stephen, who both Is were that the telling same me. person? No, two different okay. people. <laughs> Tell me to have Dan on, and it was great. It was fun. Yeah. I it's, maybe uh, there's one guy with a French alter personality. No. No. So, yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, 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 it was a fun one. It was a long one? Was it a long one? Uh, I think it was pretty long, yeah. Maybe an hour and a half or so. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. This will be a pretty long show. Yeah, welcome back, Michael. Yeah, thanks for having me again. It's like you never left. I know. Didn't even take my jacket off. That's right. So, um, yeah, this is pre-recorded, obviously, coming out right after Christmas. Uh, last show of the year. Yep. We were just talking about social media and stuff and getting off the grid. And like sometimes you just want to go meditate and not pay attention to everything. Especially a week like this, where the world seems to be falling apart. And here we are considering starting a different type of podcast as well. Which we'll plug in. That's okay to say that, I think. To touch on it. To touch on it. But Michael's given us some fake news about (laughs) Facebook. (laughs) Oh, and they're 50, was it 5,000? What was it again? Um, something like a little under 5,000 satellites. Why not five? It's like 4,700 or something. 4,700 satellites. Wow. That'll take, uh, that'll put Wi-Fi to the planet. So does that make... They were supposed to launch the Africa one first, I guess, like three months ago or something, and it blew up. Really? Takeoff. Yeah. Who's launching them? SpaceX? You know, details, man. You'd have to look it up. 
Ah. Elon. You shouldn't believe anything anybody says and go look it up. If you think it's an interesting idea, type it in, right? But imagine for Facebook to, to type get it into that. Bing. Should you type it into Google or Bing? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I, I consider going to Bing. Yeah, that's probably not a bad idea. But I mean, imagine if Facebook wants to get the last like two or three billion besides the people like the me that don't actually have them. But imagine just like I just think Facebook go, you know, must be seeing their numbers decline right now. Wi-Fi all over the planet, and all of a sudden, boom! Imagine the billions of people would be on it and connected. I wonder what that'll well, do to the bees. What I understand, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then there, then they, it's like up to five hundred thousand or something drones will be allowed. Like under 500 feet, I think is what it is. Amazon what? just delivered a Between package. Between 200 in the UK, and 500 feet would be, so there will be half a million drones. Allowed where? Across the planet. Everywhere. That's and those will Amazon. Be most of them. Ha- most of them is going to be, be Amazon. Con- and, th- and those will be controlled by those Wi Fi satellites. That's wow. how they will operate. That's yeah, most they- of them will be Amazon. That really is like the technocratic future that we're heading towards, really. I mean, well, it's, yeah, it's as fast as possible, before. they're hoping. Really? Like, it, three months ago, it blew up on launch. Now they're trying to get the, just go global with it. In some ways. Because they need you... to launch it. The drones are ready. Do you want that? They just need the Wi-Fi up there. It makes it easier for me to go off grid if I have Wi-Fi. Not why. <laughs> well, then you're not off grid. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're I just, just talking have, about the electricity grid. I just want to have my own little nuke out in the back 40, powering my shit, sizing, you know. I don't know, maybe like the size of a little Volkswagen bug parked in a cave, giving me power <laughs> and my family for the next couple of thousand years. Yeah. My own broadband tower so I can do the show. Really? Are you going to get a... Well, I need something to pay the property tax. Are you going to get a license from the government to um, farm... No, I'm an Indian. To farm the nuclear... The nuclear energy? Well, that's the thing. You can't tell them. Hmm. But something tells me it wouldn't be that hard to sneak a nuke into Canada. Well, you have a lake right here. So there you got the water to cool it, right? No, I think nowadays you can get... I think the tech's pretty far along for those little things. What do was we it? just go solar and wind and scrap the nuke idea? Like, do you need that much energy? Or can't you just get by with a little bit of... No, I could get by well, with wind. What are you wind? trying to sure. power with a nuclear generator? <laughs> well, oh, solar, solar just, won't do it. Solar's not going to do it. Maybe wind. There, I did read something the other day, that new little device, that new little thing that is supposed to be able to power a house. But That looked interesting. You know, around here, too, it's so fucking windy all the time. It, oh, yeah, it, it totally. would probably work well. Mm-hmm. If you get to where you're selling power back to the grid or something like that. Mm-hmm. Sure, you could do. I could do wind with some batteries. Mm. But I guess wind never goes out either, right? Good to have the nuke, though, as a backup. A little backyard nuke, 50 grand. 50 grand well spent. So what's this? What's this? I don't understand the whole drone thing. I'll need the nuke to power the replicator. So you can replicate your own food instead of killing animals? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, then I could just kill The full nutritious value of the food? If it worked, sure. Yeah, like a 3D printer for food, basically. Oh, they have them. You haven't seen that for like burger places. They have this robot thing where you can order like a gourmet burger. Like you can choose the type of meat and what you want in it and how it's done. And yeah, but it's not from a molecular level or from a. They print it. Yeah, it's all loaded. 
It's loaded. Yeah, totally. They just throw in little bits of pork. I don't know if they're to the point. Yeah, but it's, yet, I'm but saying can... it's real. It's real meat, though. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking they, about like fake meat. <coughs> Where it's no, just... I think they are print. They. I'm pretty sure that they're printing, printing meat. Well, they. I know they have tried it. I don't. I just don't think it's at that scale of like. I don't think they figured out the. They just ate that the, burger in Australia or whatever that they grew, right? Yeah, they but they don't the have lab. the mouth feel and the the bliss point that the, all the fucking processed food manufacturers have. Figured and I think out. didn't it cost like eighty grand that burger? Yeah, exactly. That was two hundred fifty, I think. So, but I think the replicator is more like Star Trek. Where you just fucking go in there and say, "Give yeah. me a fucking A and W cheeseburger from 1952." It's like, bling, here you go, sir. <laughs> totally. And so, just give me some fucking Blue Dream with a side of fucking Kush for later. <laughs> How did I know you're gonna say Kush? Because everyone says Kush. Do they? Everything's Kush nowadays. Really? This I don't kush, know that. that How am I supposed kush? to know that? I'm not even involved in that whole thing. Probably a closet fucking dealer. Right. So you're always wearing that green shirt, so, Mr. Green Thumb. I want to go back to this drone thing. I don't understand the whole half a well, Amazon just what delivered. Was it? A million. I think it was like 500,000. Amazon what just is this? delivered is this the a first regulatory, parcel the other uh, day. Yeah, the FCC approved it. Not FCC or FAA? FAA? FAA. FAA. So we're talking about like saying that, okay, globally, we're only going to allow half a billion drones? To no, fly under a half a million, five hundred thousand, and I don't understand why. Like, who, how, who, uh, for Amazon's going to deliver for drones, parcels now, yeah, delivering, doing things, deliveries. but but they're going to limit it because what I, it doesn't make sense that they would do it globally, like, shouldn't it be limited to like a square mile? Uh, well, square probably kilometer? that is too, yeah, it's probably well, it's all going to be regulated. I'm pretty. There's not going to be a little drone carrying your Amazon package over the Atlantic Ocean, if that's what you mean. No, I don't mean that. He gets all. caught in a storm. <laughs> you just picture. So it. we about, could make a movie about this poor little drone that gets lost. So maybe we'll have Paul Moeller and his flying cars in. Do you remember that episode? Yeah, that that's what he was saying. That was the legislation he was hoping for. Yeah, because he said that his car could fall under that same shit. He said if they opened up the airspace to drones, then his car could fly through it. Really? Yeah. Ah. Oh. Funny yeah. how you remember that. I don't. Except it that. might be different where the. No, no, I guess you wouldn't, you're not steering the car anyway, right? Are you steering that car? I think it's I all think you auto. Can. Plowing through drones. Yeah. What do you think about this This uh, Uber starting to uh, push the envelope on the self-driving cars? Exactly. That's what they should be doing. Really? Totally. Yeah, I got to say, I'm on board with the self-driving car, too. Like, I think you're always going to have people who are fighting it, but when they perfect it, I mean... I've personally lost family to fucking car accidents. I it mean, didn't. that's a, that's the one thing that's totally. the same as fucking heart attacks and cancer. Everyone yeah. knows someone that died in a car accident. If you can make that go away. Or several. And not only that, make it so that I can be more productive. You know, imagine if my truck's driving itself around Calgary and I can be firing off emails and shit. I could be or doing payroll so I don't have to do fucking cram it all into a Monday morning. You know, you can get to the point. Think of what... What you could do if you could fucking, you could do the show notes just on one day on your way home from work. On your yeah. way to and from work. Yeah. Or, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I get that. I mean, I, I, that's why, I know that's why trucks. I would, that's why if I would, if I had an opportunity to take transit, I would be more inclined to do that because then I could just chill out and do whatever. Right. Yeah. All the but I do enjoy driving. Though. That's the thing. I mean, it like, sucks to people who have those jobs. That's where I think it gets tricky with. I mean, I know there's a ton of people that are anti-fucking universal basic income and shit like that, but 
I mean, when you get to the point that now trucks can drive themselves even. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be at some point, there's got to be where the people that are using robotics and things like this, you know, at some point, once they've paid off that work, or I don't know how you do it. I mean, it's a slippery slope, and I'm glad I'm not the person who has to figure out how to do it. But, I mean, truck driving's got to be the most popular job on the planet right now, I would guess, or one of them. Every country, everywhere, as people driving trucks with shit on it, delivering stuff. What happens when that stops? Well, when cars came around, all the people that shooed horses went out of business. All yeah, the but horses this is, were gone. But, but, but we're getting to a point now where it's different. Not because jobs left. Like because America's no, already to the point that there's no real, you know, no. The, the jobs are disappearing already. Now you can't drive truck, and pretty soon fast food restaurants are going to be automatic. You just go and type some shit in, and it drops. So you know what's going to be yeah, left. And the, that has to be addressed. Yeah, and the economy is just not working properly for maybe it's for not about working people. right now maybe it's about meditating sure but as long as i don't have to pay my fucking or, rent next no month, but that's the problem yeah but or that's facebook a, one or the other i'm fine with either of those but the problem is that in the current system all these people are still gonna have to pay bills so i'd love to meditate all day zero point sure i mean if that happened sure i guess now is gonna be the time in the next couple of decades, there's going to be a major fucking shift. shift. There has to be a shift. Something's yeah. going to have to give. Because the economy is not sustainable and it's not, people can't make it by, barely make it by right now. And everything will be automatic. It's not getting any better. Nope. But like costs, say, costs have a, constantly gone up and the wages. Get, I don't like, want to get too into that here, but no, I will say yeah. I, am, I am pro self-driving car. Yeah. Well, what if we quit looking at the shit as it falls apart? and started collectively imagining what we want it to be. Imagine if you could harness the energy of all the people watching TV right now mindlessly ingesting garbage. And I mean, isn't it just a matter of being able to harness energy in general? I mean, what if we, you know, you're riding you your bike in the that. gym, can't you, why you can't you just harness that, that energy? Like, that's part of the major problem. Like, that's the, one of the br breakthroughs that, that really won't, be long from now and, and it probably one of the most important ones is just being able to store energy right like you could you should be able to put any energy into a device like well, pedal your bike yeah. in the maybe gym energy, or like maybe it was whatever attention is what i was I, I was meaning to say yeah that kind of energy like yeah yeah it, from what those people are focusing on currently at this moment if you could focus it just for an hour towards one thing if everybody collectively looked towards one thing for an hour could you imagine what could be created if you believe in yeah. that kind of thing? Yeah. Whew. Well, Dan Winter talks about the bliss, the science behind the bliss, right? And that, that your thoughts and your bliss, that is an energy, right? And if you could oh, harness totally. that, it would, it, would, it would change things, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I believe that. Well, that's what meditation is all about, is the law being of able to focus your mind so that you can then purify your mind so that you can more effectively use your mind. Yeah. That's what meditation should be all about. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Do you have any stories about that? Oh, You're going to have some stories for us. But I got some listener emails we can get into for now. Yeah. Jingle worthy? Uh, sure. We got a lucid dreaming and a synchro and mm -hmm. whatever you want. I haven't played the lucid, lucid dreaming jingle in a while. Where'd it go? I did find here where um, the SpaceX rocket. Oops. Sorry. Continue. I can replay it.
Well, it's just where the face the SpaceX rocket is what blew up, and it was carrying this payload. Uh, Facebook was going to bring internet access to remote villages in Africa, the Middle East, and Europe. The operation was involved in French satellite firm uh, EUTELSAT. So, <coughs> UTELSAT Communications. Interesting. Uh, and that was uh, September, I think in September. Can't yeah. trust Elon. Beginning of September. Oh, was that the one that got, that wasn't the one that got was that the one buzzed that by the like orb, it, was it? Like it got hit oh, by really? something? Like a UFO? That was crazy. Maybe. And then, he, and then Elon started getting all negative against AI, which is interesting. Mm. I didn't know all the conspiracy. Neither do I, I just know that. Oh. All right, I suppose that. That was after, I think. So can you yeah. just... So, so that you don't get in trouble about fake news, can you just say like, okay, speculate right now? I'm we're going to everything we say from now. If anybody's listening, might not be. True. Oh yeah, that's when he's just might yeah, not you be can true. Say speculating. And yeah, then you're for safe. sure. That, I think that's part of the problem. Is that in the mainstream is nobody's saying their bias or their agenda. Like right. we're we are funded by this or this is fucking right, right. you know this. Nobody's telling anybody about that. It's just all pretending to be real, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, I think if we're going to speculate, let's say we're going to speculate. Like, I'd say every media outlet would have, like, a no-go list. Like, you can't talk about these subjects. Yeah. Right? Because of our sponsors. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Do you ever think that the the mainstream media will talk negatively against prescription drugs? Never, right? So, there needs to be, like, a no-go list.com where everybody figures out what CNN's no-go list is, what ABC's no-go list is, what Fox News is. You know. I think you could tell just by the commercials. Well, of course well, that you That would can. help. Well, that would give you a start. Of course you can, sure. but write it all down. Then you don't Put have to watch the commercials. <laughs> That's a good idea, actually. Yeah. Sponsored by. Yeah. And here's who's, you know, mm-hmm. who's running yeah. the whole Business show. Business idea. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it's all out there. It can be like a flow chart. Like GE is one of the bigger companies in this fucking media conglomerate. And then it's fucking all the General Mills and all these other people. And they're basically poisoning you to death. And that's kind of what no agenda does a little bit sometimes. Yeah. It's like that app. I mean, isn't there those apps already that can give you, I'm sure there is, give you a corporate, you know, an ethical corporate company. Like if you're looking for a product and they say, these guys like treat their people well, they're good for the environment or, you know, they're disclosing poison on the bottle mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Yeah, I look that kind of stuff up, like forgetting a car seat, for instance. It's not like the most poisonous car seat, you know? Yeah. You guys ready to rock yeah, and roll? Yeah, let's do it. Is it real or a dream? What does that even mean? So this is from Max, and I think he, uh, I think he's in Max contact. L? Yeah, yeah, I think you're in contact with him a little bit. So I don't know if you've seen this or not. I see him on the Facebook. Oh, he's on the Facebook. So hey, Graham, I figured out I would relay my first big lucid dream in a while. I've been waiting for a dream of something to share with my favorite podcast. Thanks, Max. I will try to keep this story short, but with a bit of backstory, it might be long. So here we go. This happened Saturday, the third of December. So the backstory, I've had two open heart surgeries in my life. First, when I was still an infant, the second, when I was 12, I had a close call with an ATV accident when I was 17. 
me put in brackets, no EDEs. I think he means no NDEs. Then I got a pacemaker when I was 19. The point being, I've dealt with hospitals for all my life. I woke in my dream to a blinding light as colors and things settled a bit. I could see what I thought were surgeons and nurses around me. Instinct set in and I asked where I am. Something told me I was in surgery. I thought it was weird because I've woken up underneath heavy anesthetics. It was when they were taking the tube out. So that my airway was open and I didn't have an oxygen mask on. This was really weird and I knew this was a dream. At that moment, I saw a scalpel coming down to make an incision. To my horror, it did. I felt warm liquid pour across my chest. There was no pain from this cut as well. I thought the surgeon just used a bunch of Novocaine to numb, numb the area. <laughs> I did have a surgeon tell me that he was going to do that before one of my surgeries. Anyway, I'm kind of freaking out on the inside. The last thing I remember is something sliding into the incision that was made and made and thinking the drugs will kick in when you wake up. So he's saying uh, the last thing I remember is something sliding into the incision that was made and me thinking the drugs will kick in and then you'll wake up. I woke up in my bed and got immediately, I woke up in my med, bed, got up and immediately put it down in my journal. This was the most real dream I've had. I'll have to send over some coin to my favorite podcast as soon as I can. Please continue what you guys are doing. <laughs> also on your 200th episode, a thing that you guys did really right was you got Spotify fast I think this was a game changer. I also downloaded the show on a whim because your show, I believe, was a recommendation from what I was listening to already, or it was Lucid Dreams. I really don't remember. Max. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I just used Lucid Dreams as an example for the back catalog. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he was talking about getting a pacemaker. <laughs> <coughs> Makes me wonder if uh, that could be like a memory. What do you mean? Of his surgery. Oh, that yeah. It's a dream. They would have cut open his chest with the pacemaker, yeah. I'm assuming. I don't uh, really know enough yeah, about it, but yeah. that's what popped into my head. And then it's it's crazy because he was lucid, and I guess he was too sort of in shock to try and change his environment, right? Like, it, I mean, that's what sometimes when I get lucid, that's what I do. I just go with it. You, which is kind of. you like, know you're dreaming? Yeah, because I kind of don't care. Like, I'm dreaming, I'm having a good time. Like, I don't necessarily need to I fly bet you right are. then. <laughs> Jesus. What? So thanks, Max. That was a good one. Yeah. What's that picture? Oh, that's a picture of a synchro. Ooh, synchro jingle? Sure. I'm just going to go with, uh, well, you know, we haven't done this one in forever. Synchronicity, it's time for another installment of the Canadian. It's a little long, this one. Yeah, you can just slow it down a little bit, yeah. So this is from uh, Rachel. She calls it a synchros and a weird matrixy thing. So, hey, Graham and Darren, love the show. Stumbled upon it a few months ago and glad that I did. I will be donating for sure. Actually, it's kind of cool to figure out how people find the show, too. So it's it's cool if you tell us where you were from and uh, where you found, you found us, how show. you found us. It's kind of, it's our only marketing uh it's good to know. <laughs> it's good to know. It's only marketing Especially analysis. Especially if we notice a pattern. 
<laughs> yeah. So he, she says, um, I have some synchros to share with you. Would love your point of view. One is a weird matrixy sort of thing. Not sure if I believe we live in a matrix, though. And the other is a synchro. First, the weird matrixy thing. Oh, this is this is a bit weird. I had a I had a sudden leak in one of my car tires, so I took it to the local shop to have it repaired. The employee showed me where the nail was in my tire and fixed it with an easy patch. I saw the tire before and after the repair. The fix was in the middle of the tread. It was simple fix, and I was back on the road in no time. The next morning when I got in my car to go somewhere, I immediately got a warning message on the dashboard that the same tire had very low pressure. So I drove it back to the same gas station to have it checked out. The same employee was there to have fixed it the day before. He took off my tire and asked me if I had a second, gotten a second after he patched it the day before. I'm sure she meant second leak. He showed me a second patch on the side of the tire, which was the cause of the new leak. The only problem is that I never had a second flat tire and never had it patched, and especially on the side of the tire, which is not a safe place to patch a tire. It was not there the day before, and the employee knew this too. He was a little spooked, and so was I. I had to purchase a new tire because the patch was not fixable. I was there the day before when the same employee fixed my tire. The patch was in the center tread, which was still there the next day, but for some odd reason, overnight, a second patch appeared in the same tire, different location, and was patched by itself. The only logical explanation would be that someone stole my car in the middle of the night, got a flat tire, had it patched, and returned it to me before I woke up the next morning, which obviously did not happen. They scammed you. They gave you a shitty tire. No. Hmm. No, they, what? They went to fix the leak and they gave her a different tire instead? I don't know. And the, uh, the imaginary scenario should be a lot more to it. You know, like knocked over a jack in the box, got chased down Broad Street, you know, had a run in with the locals. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. Yeah. Yokels, the local yokels. Okay, so here's this, here's the synchro. My husband passed away three years ago. Oh, you know what? This is the second um, woman that's been emailing in about uh, new belief system, like NDEs and afterlife after their husbands have passed away. Oh. Yeah. Just recently. It's really interesting. And they're just open. Like I, they probably don't have anybody to talk to about it, right? It's like, hey, my husband passed away, and I sort of believe in afterlife now. And there's been some sort of communication, or some sort of epiphany, or synchronicities, or whatever. And you know, they feel like they can share it on the show. So thanks. Yeah, absolutely. So my husband passed away three years ago from a brain hemorrhage. He was an organ donor and helped 127 people ages four to 92. Wow! Wow! I didn't realize that was he was a hero. That was so possible. 127 people. I'm an organ donor too, but something tells me they don't want... Either they don't want your organs. Do they, do they check them? They must check them. Yeah, I think they... they the lungs are shot. <laughs> the rest of probably in pretty good shape. Huh. Well, I don't know about that. Easy. I have become an ambassador with the local... You can't all be uh, perfect human specimens there, Mr. Dunlop. Thanks, buddy. 
with the local SCA Organ Donation Foundation. So she's become an ambassador with them. I was a guest speaker last month at their annual symposium where I spoke to 1,400 physicians. Wow. That must have been a little nerve-wracking. I parked in a reserved VIP spot right by the front door. The parking lot had over 1,400 cars in it and were all high-end vehicles, you know, Mercedes, BMWs, Teslas. My late husband drove a beat-up white 2000 Toyota Tundra. Nice. You don't see those that often any longer, and especially not in the reserved VIP parking for physicians. All I could see were luxury cars as far as the eye could see. I parked in my VIP reserve spot in front and went inside to speak. When I left, a few hours later, the parking lot was at full capacity as the conference was still continuing all day, and all I could see was luxury cars. But when I walked to my car... An exact replica of Glenn's Toyota Tundra was parked in front of my car. See the attached picture. My car is the silver VMCC. And the truck in front of my car is the exact year, make, model, and color of my late husband's car. I have many more synchros as it relates to my late husband, Glenn. But this one stood out for sure. That was a good one. P.S. I was an atheist when Glenn died and worked my way out of it by study. I am now pretty sure we survived physical death. Not sure how or why or what that means, but it's. I think it's true. Podcasts such as yours have helped me with this. Cool. I spent some time as an atheist. And then there's a Leonard Cohen, uh, <coughs> there's a Leonard Cohen thing here, uh, quote at the bottom. There's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Leonard Cohen, is that a uh, wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald guy? I don't know. I think so, right? I don't the know. singer, the Canadian singer-songwriter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> So you had an atheism phase? Yeah. When? Uh, like, I don't know. Ooh. Everybody has a I did, questioning I phase, yeah. don't they? That's I had one when I was like 19 or 20. Yeah, before, That's probably before around trip, then. Yeah, around before my then. trip. I'm not going to rate yourself. the synchro, though. Well, maybe I'll rate it. I'll give it like a 8.9. Yeah, that's pretty... That was a great one. Pretty interesting. Uh, what about synchro? As much as it is just, you know, your mind sees and finds what it's looking for. Her imagination. No, I don't think so. It's, it's, really? it's Yeah, it's, it's more of a synchro, I think. I think her pulling It's not that, even... I think it's less of a synchro, and maybe it's more of a... A message? Sign, a message. Yeah, that, yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah. that's because to me, a synchronicity is like two or three things that like all happen kind of <coughs> at the same time. It's I less of a coincidence and more of a sign, a little nudge. Well, it's like a coincidence, but or like it's almost three like a support system, together. right? Or a good job, or a... like three coincidences linked together. Guardian angel. Yeah, I think she responded to my response, and uh, she made she she got into more details about that. I, I'm not sure, but anyways, I don't yeah, have I don't have it handy here. So I, I, got, I smelled my grandmother for like a month after she died. Like all, like every day or two, I'd smell her around me because she had this certain cigarette that she smoked and this perfume, this blend of the yeah, two. Yeah. And even now, like every now and then, I I like smell that for no reason. You know, you, I'll be in a place that there's no reason why that smell should yeah. be there. Although it could just be memories triggering. You know, Justin's supposed to write a blog on that. 
about uh, smells and paranormal smells phantom and smells phantom and smells. And yeah, he's working on one. He's trying to get it out before the end of the year. Cool. <laughs> I got another lucid dream. I won't play the jingle again. Sweet. Okay. This is uh, this is from uh, Mike B. Mike B. Chuck and Mike B. No. Okay, I, I haven't Mike read this B. for a while. So he says, uh, "Hey guys, there's one time I would call what I, what I would call I had what I would call a lucid dream. I dreamed that I found myself all of a sudden sitting at a table playing cards with several cowboys in an old Western saloon in the USA, just like in the movies." While sitting there, I thought to myself, this isn't right. I'm not supposed to be here. I must be dreaming. No one at the table was talking. So I said, okay, guys, say your lines. That was the wrong thing to say to them. The saloon became totally silent, and everyone there stared at me with killer eyes. (laughs) I guess they didn't like me saying they weren't real, just actors in my dream. I immediately woke up, and I found that I had done exactly what I was not supposed to do. Get all excited when I realized I was dreaming and get kicked out of the dream. I recall your interview with Robert Wagner where he warned of this happening. And I've not had another lucid dream since this one. If I do have another, I hope to stay calm and my dream will last longer. Feel free to share my experience. Keep up the good work, guys. The trick is to set your alarm for like 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. and then like drift off back to sleep. That's the day yeah, of way, right? That's the wake back to bed method. Yeah, I just watched. A, I was just watching that yesterday before David Wilcock narrating some uh, Antarctic. Oh, oh yeah. Seems to be a lot of Antarctica. Seems to be coming up a lot lately. Yeah, there's some new crack in some ice shelf. Is there? I thought it was a pyramid or something. We might all get flooded. Flooded? I don't know what happens if that cracks. And it makes a wave. What do you mean make a wave or melts? I don't know. There's a crack in the ice and it was newsworthy that I saw today. Hmm. And Calgary will be beachfront. Maybe. That'd be good. I can get rid of California. That'd be too bad. Where would they make the movies? And the Joe Rogan show. Man. I like California. I've never been there, but I want to go. Uh, you know where else I want to go before it fucking goes underwater is Hawaii. Mm-hmm. You should. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm Co- going to go. Uh, Kauai. Kauai. What's that? It's like one of the Western islands. Oh, it's yeah, yeah. a little more, I don't know. I want to go for sure to Hawaii. They filmed Indiana Jones there. I think I want to go sooner than later. Maybe once the girls are old enough, we'll like save up and do like a Christmas trip or something. Mm-hmm. Go surfing. There's like no sharks there either, is there? Uh, well, yeah, but they're not, they're not like there's sharks everywhere, but they're, they're not really a problem. That's good. Australia, That's... they seem to be a problem. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go any place where sharks are a problem. It's like my childhood fear to get fucking eaten by a fish. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you got anything else? Yeah, I got a squatty potty warning. Uh oh. And like I said, you know, there's two things we're getting the most feedback from. Us doing a Flat Earth episode and the Squatty Potty. Okay, well, roll You've really touched a lot of people, Darren. Let's keep talking about it. 
People still think we get paid by the Squatty Potty, which we do not. But there has been a lot. I've heard of like at least five or six purchases of the Squatty Potty from listeners. You should send a letter. To and we ruined Squatty some Potty, people's man. Christmases. Do you know what? I don't think mine's working properly. Get your first sponsor. Some people know about uh, their Christmas gifts because it came out last week. Oh, that's right. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's working properly, mine. And I realized today after trying yours that my toilet seat is so high that my Squatty Potty is not really being effective. You need a nine inch. Maybe that's why you need a nine inch. You have a taller toilet. Yeah. Or if your legs are like. My legs go to sleep no matter what. Even and your legs yeah. are like up to my knees. So. Yeah. It's hard to make a short guy squat. Yeah. So he says. You might need a 12 inch. You might have to put some books on there too. <laughs> yeah. Like that's where you could store your books that you read in the toilet. <laughs> Perfect. Hey, Darren and Graham. This is from Ryan. Oh, I know what this is. Okay. I'm slowly but surely catching up on all your old episodes. A couple weeks ago, I heard the one where Darren was shilling for the Squatty Potty, so I ordered my own from Amazon. It works great, but I have a word of warning. When coming inside from br brutally cold days to use it, make sure you give your little partner a good stretch and push him downward. Otherwise, you may pee over the back of your pants. <laughs> you got to get... Your pants got to be ankled. Bob. I hate shrinkage, <laughs> he says. I'll be sending you guys another donation for, in a few days. Honestly, you guys are probably the best value for entertainment and interesting topics out there. By the way, I think I can safely say I'm the first member of the LOTW posse. Don't say it, Darren. Being a good old boy from Northern Ontario, Darren will know what that acronym stands for. Thanks, Ryan. And I think I know. Lake of the Woods? Yeah. I'm assuming that's what it is. That's yeah. got to be what it is. Yeah. How long did you, how many, how long have you, when's the date on that email? Today. Okay. Yeah. I was saying, no, I knew Krams right away. had that email for like, I knew right away. Put <laughs> it into Google, uh, looking at maps. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Where did he say he was from? Um, I don't know. He didn't say. Just oh. from, he's a L-O-T-W posse. Yeah. Northwestern Ontario, biatch. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. Well, thanks for the support. That is uh, kind of the premise of the value for value. If you haven't uh, heard us chirp about it enough, that's if you find some value from the show, then uh, head over and grandamerica.ca slash support and see if you can't give a buck or two. Yeah. The most popular is a five five fifty a month, which turns out to be about a buck an episode. That really helps. Yeah, yeah. we have a bunch of fixed expenses here and a bunch of variable expenses, and really we have no ads and no other income except for listeners, right? Yeah, we never want to do paywalls or anything like that. We've taken the vow of poverty, so we, uh, whenever you, and we, we expect, uh, we don't expect everyone to support or all the time, but when you can and if you can. Check out grimarket.ca slash support. And, of course, there's always a ton of different ways you can help with the show without uh, costing you a dime. You just check out Graham's show notes. You can review the show, which helps in a tons of ways. Uh, share the show wherever you can, whether that's Facebook, Google, Reddit. I don't know, wherever people share stuff these days. But share the show. Tell your friends about the show, and that all helps, too. And the easiest way to tell your friends about the show is to just sign them up for the newsletter, and you don't even have that awkward conversation. <laughs> America.ca slash news. I would say if you're like listening to this while you're riding the bus, you should just take the headphones out and turn the volume all the way up. That's right. And just play it. Yeah. Be proud. Be proud. Wear your Gramerica on your shoulder. There you go. Hard on your vest. Is that how it goes? Hard on your shoulder? Is that, did I fuck that up? Hard on your vest? I bob and dug it. 
Yeah, you definitely Bob and Doug. Uh, we are in the Great White North. The Great White North. Well, we just came out of the grips of winter. Yeah. It's still winter. Wait till January. It's going to get cold as fuck next month. Oof, I don't want to think about that right now. Looks like it won't be too cold for Christmas. Speaking of winter. Dan Winter. Enjoy the chat with Dan Winter. And uh, we hope you had a Merry Christmas. Tonight we're excited to have Dan Winter with us. He comes high, highly recommended from some local friends and a bunch of our listeners. And he's been researching and, and studying a bunch of different topics. He's got a really long, long bio here that I won't get into the details of. We can let him share it. But it's kind of about uh, negentropy, DNA, fractals, golden ratio, sacred geometry, plasma rejuvenation, gravity, like all kinds of crazy stuff. And then throw in some spirituality and some some bliss in there as well. So I'll let you get into some of those details, Dan. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to share with your audience. Uh, just briefly, my background was electrical engineering, University of Detroit, and then um, systems analyst with IBM, graduate work in psychophysiology, and then I was trained in the Gurdjieff Sacred Gymnastics, somewhat famously, did nice. a lot of travel. I became a biofeedback inventor, and I've done a lot of work in psychophysiology, taught physics of consciousness around the world for 20 years, taught in most cities in Europe, America, and Australia. And yeah, we've done a lot of work. And currently, we're involved in uh, advanced energy research tech, uh, plasma rejuvenation tech, uh, bioactive field theory, and lots of cool stuff. So yeah, and the, and the physics has uh, been successful commercially, so we're kind of happy at the moment. Yeah, that's a, that's a great little summary there. What, what got you interested in all this, uh, this, this sort of the more esoteric stuff? Well, that's very good. I guess I was <clears throat> studying psychophysiology in graduate school and um, looking at the physics of emotion. You know, we were showing Playboy magazine pictures while guys were on the polygraph measuring their GSR and the rate in which emotion was turned into electricity was uh, <laughs> faster than transistors. <laughs> and uh, so the physics of emotion is how we started. In that uh, graduate program with Albert Axe University of Detroit, we were um, the first to discriminate fear and anger in perf pure electrical terms. So the electrical nature of the emotion was the beginning there. And then, of course, uh, I then went to the um, IBM training school in Chicago. And my teacher there 
was uh, into Gurdjieff and sacred gymnastic. And uh, then in the Gurdjieff school in West Virginia, I began to have intense bliss and Kundalini experiences. And rather that, and rather than call that insanity, I decided to anal. I mean, understand it <laughs> in terms of electric electrical terms and uh you know physics of consciousness yes that's my field that's fascinating and that's so that's been that's been a while then like a couple decades since you've been into that are, are you making me sound young or old here uh, <laughs> i was born a, born at a very early age and my brother was an only child so we know um yes i was born in the 50s and uh I uh, I was actually worked with Buckminster Fuller and Arthur Young and ben, Bentoff and a lot of those guys personally. Uh, wow! And uh, so I was taught by the best of the generation. Actually, I had the best schools. I, I was very fortunate. Does the physics of consciousness require consciousness to be physical? <laughs> well, it, it was a way in those days. You know, we had co- physics of consciousness symposia originally with uh, Bill Tiller, Arthur Young, and Bentoff. Uh, was at uh, MIT, uh, Harvard. We had conferences, and uh, also University of Toronto. Uh, Marcel Vogel was with us there, and uh, so physics consciousness. And I was sort of the whiz kid. I guess you'd call it the uh, Forrest Gump of that generation. <laughs> uh, and so physics consciousness was a way of talking about, uh, you know, the nature of consciousness using so. But, pretentious physics. I mean, we really wanted to use a rigorous physics. And in the end, today, I believe we have. Did it, did it take a, it seems to me like it, we took a skeptical turn there though. Like you guys seem, it seemed to be open at those levels of university back, back then. And then it seems like it's, it's opening up again now, but it seems like it was sort of clamped down for a, a decade or two there. It's true. I think I, we, it was it was sort of the in, the in thing in those days to to really be you know Bill Tiller he was material science uh, Stanford University and mm-hmm. he had his book Conscious Acts of Creation and he was a good buddy at the time and and so they, studying consciousness uh, Fred Fred Wolf was with us for some of them Ralph Abraham we had fun with all those guys and uh, so it was a bit of the in thing whereas later you're right I think uh, it wasn't so fashionable so and I had the advantage very fortunate because I really had as an electrical engineering background uh, uh, to to look at these things and so you know when I began to have intense Kundalini symptoms. Uh, I understood the the electrical, uh, and I, also I was adopted by Bentoff, who wrote the book on it. I worked in his lab with him on the physics of Kundalini, uh, stalking the wild pendulum in Boston. Wow! Do you think it's a coincidence that this kind of um, this kind of open open idea sharing and research kind of popped up at the same time as the resurgence of psychedelics? Do you think that played any role in opening up uh, these ideas to different people? I know many people have talked about that, and it's been suggested that 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 opening was in part uh, availability of psychedelics. And that's a two-sided coin, of course, because the upside was that you had some opening in the aura. The downside was that the aura became uh, leaky, and there's all kinds of astral hygiene issues. I remember myself in graduate school... uh, you know, I think I we actually tested that. You know, I was having intense sort of Kundalini experience. So I didn't, but I, I did, a, uh, you know, one tiny little piece of LSD actually as a kind of a laboratory test. And in fact, you know, understood what that meant. And also how the holes in the aura result as well. Wow. Wow, that's fascinating. How do, Can you go into how those holes in the uh, aura result? 
Well, I, I mean, you know, and that would be the with psilocybin, and I assume would be the same idea. The, the measurement is from from Karatkov's GDV. That's where we actually did that work, and I worked with Karatkov in many countries who invented the, the GDV gas discharge visualization. Mm-hmm. Now, well.eu, and you know, we're using that now with the, the Therify plasma system as well. But you know, he measured the fact that yes, your aura or gets more porous. Uh, with astral hygiene problems like uh, recreational drugs. Now, so we, we don't, when we say, you know, talk to your teenagers and advise them recreational drugs, it's, instead it's, it's, you know, make a measurement and see if your aura, in fact, has got holes in it. And the physics appears to be that the centripetal force has to be self-initiated to retain symmetry. Wow, I think I, I also... So would that mean you would be more susceptible to different things? Yeah, yeah, but I'll give you a practical example. I was working with a famous shaman named Robert Archer, uh, who there was a whole bunch of criticism of Drunvalo in those days yeah. uh, about astral hygiene. And uh, Robert Archer ran indirectly the Santo Dime Ayahuasca Church in um, Sedona area. And, um, you know, he was expert at seeing the entities, but it was also my experience that he was more afraid of them, actually. I, I say this with honor, but... Um, and I think what it was is, that, you know, you, yes, you, you, you have penetrated, but if you do not initiate the centripetal force to create the perception through the, to the higher frequencies, which is really what uh, aura clairvoyance is, then uh, unfortunately it, it, that the symmetry that held your aura together is, is, is partially broken. Does that also? I'm not, I'm not saying that the, all recreational drugs are. I'm sure there's legitimate uses to these things, but ultimately, you know, <laughs> only the implosion that you yourself can generate takes you the, through the moment of death. That also seems to get into some of the other stuff I was listening to of yours, which is like the spin in genetic material and maybe how GMOs break that chain. Is that a similar concept that you're talking about? Well, it's interesting here. So, the, so the central. Uh, development in in our work fractalfield.com is clear that we call it phase conjugation by golden ratio to the Planck sphere which is the nature of the fractal field and the nature of implosion and we've proven you know um, radiative gravity that's all at fractalfield.com people can see the equations and that's even very simple it's simple integer exponents of golden ratio phase conjugation times Planck length and time creates the critical frequencies of hydrogen photosynthesis and all the biological variables, your brain waves, Schumann, ADP, uh, uh, photosynthesis, Earth, your Venus, your... So all the critical durations are predicted to be phase conjugate implosive. So that makes the zero point work. Now, if which makes every, anything that becomes negentropic and centripetal uses that. And so it virtually defines both life and gravity. Now, that being said... Uh, DNA is in the business of doing broad spectral phase conjugation in order to to uh, become centripetal, which is what makes it alive. The evi- there's interesting evidence for that, of course. Uh, you know, uh, Raymond Moody's p- surgeons have proven that the near death visions are electrically contagious. Uh, I ask that people think mm-hmm, about what mm-hmm. that means. Shared moment. like shared death experiences. No, no, that when somebody is dying on the operating table and suddenly there's a, there's a, a, a death vision happening, yeah. that nearby people get sucked in and all see it together. Yeah, that's, what, that's, rep- yeah, that's what I was getting at. So yeah. it's like a yeah, weird Wi-Fi not- signal they give off. That, that, that in other words, the, the human plasma aura 
process of successful death is to make a black hole because that's what takes the memory in the aura plasma and renders it into charge distribution efficiency by imploding it. And that is survival through death. That's how memory goes through death. And DNA, that's the business DNA is in, of creating that implosive charge distribution so you can enter what's called ancestral memory or the collective unconscious at the moment of death, for example. And all of that requires a very specific you know, electrical hygiene for DNA, and we can understand how DNA does that very specifically because, you know, the, the, all that article is at goldenmean.info slash DNA manifesto. Yeah, Dan, Dan mention your, I meant to mention your websites at the beginning, so feel free to throw those out there. And I'll put them in the show notes as well so everybody knows because there's a whole handful of websites that contain all your research, right? Yeah, the, the main index is fractalfield.com and goldenmean.info. So does link. that, do you think the aura like expands almost like a, a star does before it, before it dies? Do you think like the aura of a dying person somehow expands and anyone that gets no. caught up in that bubble is a part of it? And actually, I think the opposite, that uh, centripetal force always uh, precedes centrifugal force because you had to implode to, to make the radiance uh, symmetrical enough to be sustainable. So that's why you go through that black hole at the moment of death, quite literally, and, and the sequence of visions seen by near-death experiences and mapped geometrically in great de- detail, the Heinrich Kluve form constants, lattice cobweb tunnel spiral. This is the map people see when they die. And we know exactly electrically why, because that's the DNA's braid operations doing implosion, charge implosion. And, you know, so there's a whole bunch of instructions there about how to electrically design uh, hospitals and graveyards to make entry into the collective unconscious even possible because we know exactly electrically what that is. Well, so people in graveyards might be stuck in some sort of purgatory if there's an electrical interference nearby? Well, it's more about the physics of what is in fact uh, makes ancestral possible in a burial ground. The Hopis have very great deal, great detailed information about that, for example. They almost had a rebellion when the U.S. government tried to put steel pipes in the old Aribe Hopi burial ground, and they're very wise to do that because they knew exactly that if you break up the conjugate fractal capacitance, then the ancestral memory, and ancestral memory is everything. Hmm. I wonder if keep going, keep going. Well, I just just that that's that's what um, Karakov showed more about the physics of when he followed the Kogi to where their they made phone calls to their ancestors, and he measured the fractality of the air, which we now do with Therify. And Therify plasma is also very good at uh, at uh, ushering ghosts onward to their other world. We know why it's a very good ghost busting tool. And really busting. So the electrical nature that enables uh, a ghost to move on is specifically a fractal field. And that's well-defined, well-measured, and we know what the symmetry is, and it's essential to the, for the design of immortality, graveyards, and hospitals. Wow. Is that like an unwritten rule when you're building a hospital, <laughs> or most people just No, no, the, the, the point there would be that Almost all Western hospitals are quite literally electrically hell, the, the definition of hell for the survival of spirit. That's what most modern hospitals are, absolutely. Probably wouldn't because want to be in the igloo after you died either then. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
you know, what? Let, let's let's do this in very simple electrical engineering terms. So Karatkov is measuring where the Kogis are able to make their ancestor phone calls. He calls it tractality and air. What it means is simply a place where charge is able to be distributed efficiently. That's everything. That is every. It's if you want another way of thinking about it, you follow the cozy rev mirror installer to where he's setting up a new cozy rev mirror to achieve military grade replicable telepathy. First, he has to measure the nanoteslas of the magnetic line cross on the Earth to get the site correct. And where the magnetic lines cross correctly, they do what's called phase conjugation, which produces longitudinal EMF, which is the physics of ancestral memory. So basically, you got to join the radio or you're dead, <laughs> so to speak. Is that where instinct comes from? Pardon? Is that where instinct comes from, ancestral memory? <laughs> It was one of my favorite jokes in high school. It was that instinct was a name for your biology pe- teacher is clueless. <laughs> uh, uh, no, uh, clearly the the charge or plasma field of the aura uh, re- retains an information density, and uh, and that is available only under very specific electrical terms. They- <coughs> Think of a think of a Aboriginal following a song line or a dreaming track and singing the song to not just feed the energy line to be, be fed informationally by it, so that birds and instinct in even for animals, my view would be less electrically available to them if they enter the electrosmog of a city, for example, for the same reason that the voice of God is unavailable in a steel building <laughs> for the most part. Jeez, we're in a steel, we're pretty much in a steel cage here in the recording studio. <laughs> we're, <laughs> Maybe in, my... we're inside the Faraday cage with all sorts of electronics. <laughs> It's probably not the healthiest spot to be. So I probably can't contact like my spirit guides in here, I guess. Well, we're not saying can't, but we're much more difficult. <laughs> yeah. I mean, basically, the Schumann harmonic series, the actual power spectra, 3, 8, 13, the cascade is a golden ratio harmonic cascade called the phase conjugate negentropic collapse wave. And those exact idealized frequencies are the precise brainwaves frequencies that create peak perception and bliss and phone calls to ancestors. So... Uh, those harmonics, the weak Schumann harmonic series, is relatively available in a biologic architecture and relatively unavailable in a steel or aluminum building with electrosmog. Wow. So it isn't, it isn't charge isolation that you need. It's charge perfected charge embedding. Wow. Oh, geez, I wonder if we should back up a little bit to your kind of your um – your discovery of like the phase conjugation and, and the golden mean, and if you could break that down a little bit so people understand how. Yeah, that, that's thank you. That's that's kind of the basic science here. So let's see if we can do that very slowly. So first, uh, you know, everyone agrees that the universe has a musical key signature. Okay. And that's that's called the Planck length and time. It's a unit of length and a unit of time. Mm-hmm. 1.61 times 10 to the minus 33 centimeters, which into which every wave that physics has ever, ever measured divides evenly. 
And it, it's interesting, how, no matter how many hundred light years you go in any direction, <laughs> it remains the same. <laughs> so there's a good democracy there. Everybody knows the musical key. Now, <clears throat> the next thing is we wrote the equations to prove that the golden ratio idealizes constructive wave interference and therefore constructive charge collapse or implosion or fractality or uh, constructive compression. And so if you take, and that's called phase conjugation, literally the conjugation of phases is what the golden mean ratio is, adding and multiplying recursively, constructively. So you take the golden mean ratio, uh, integer powers the golden ratio times the Planck length and time. I wrote new equations to prove that predicts three exact radii of hydrogen and um, um, the uh, duration of the wavelength of adenosine diphosphate, the universal musical key signature cell metabolism, ADP, ADP. It predicts um, the uh, exact only two frequencies that motorize photosynthesis, which literally phase conjugate negentropic. It's called phase conjugate negentropic charge collapse. Right. In other words, life. It also predicts <laughs> uh, the harmonics of the sacrocranial pump, of the brainwaves of bliss, of the Schumann harmonic series. Uh, the duration of the Earth year, the Venus year, the duration of precession, and the duration of the galactic year are almost all exactly predicted by my new equation. So that, <clears throat> that's how waves get together to implode, collapse. <clears throat> and it is the reason gravity exists, color exists, perception exists, life exists, and consciousness exists. That frequency signature. And applying that frequency signature <clears throat> is exactly what my therify.net New plasma tech is, which is successful in twelve countries, biological rejuvenation plasma tech. Yeah, let's let's talk about that in, in a bit. So, so you, so after summarizing that whole thing, how does bliss and emotion fit into that? Then, beautiful. That's the right question. So, <clears throat> I spent twenty years measuring brainwaves. The new when our new uh, Apple uh, iOS app for that, flameinmind.com. Um, <clears throat> and what we found out was that. <clears throat> And let me let me mention one thing too before the the last the first time I heard about emotions having a different sort of physical nature to them was through heart through the heart math guys like we had the heart math guys on a couple couple years ago um, it was fascinating so that whole consciousness global consciousness thing uh, initiative and um, and so like you know only over five five or seven years ago was the first I've ever heard of that. So that's why it surprised me that your research had gone so far back. Right. Um, the HeartMath Institute did not know how to take an EKG or to measure its harmonics until I taught them. And our, <laughs> our and my definition of, of coherence is called the HeartMath mistake. And you can read about that at ithrive.com. I-T-H-R-V-E. Yeah. Dot com. Yeah. I thrive .com. And that app walks circles around HeartMath Institute because their definition of coherence is basically single frequency. And we now know that it, you know, if your heart, heart HRV is making a single frequency, it means your immune system is toast. That's called the HeartMath mistake. Whereas instead, we measure coherence with what's called harmonic inclusiveness, which basically is fractality in the heart, which is the opposite of the HeartMath definition of coherence. Hmm. And that was originally de developed by Irving Dardick, famously in his book, Making Waves, where he showed that Olympic athletes were having record numbers of heart attacks 
by getting single frequency in their heart. Whereas if they got harmonic inclusiveness in the heart, which defines viability, not just in the heart, but in any living thing, the, the, the lifespan is predicted by harmonic inclusiveness, which is equivalent to fractality. So to measure harmonic in- inclusiveness, I'm credited in the literature with inventing the word heart coherence because I developed the mathematics to do that, which is a second and third order power spectrum called so there's a lot to that story. Yeah, okay, you. okay. But the, the point is that, <clears throat> yes, we do have a lot of background in the measurement of, of heart coherence. <clears throat> so where are we... Where so we were at the, how bliss and emotion fit into your... Oh, um, yeah. Yes, yes, thank you. So, so what we showed was that <clears throat> uh, the ability to have bliss or peak perception uh, was... Uh, measurable consistently by measuring golden ratio in the brain waves. Huh. Actually, that was, that was pioneered with uh, Dr. Karatkov, who showed that children who were able to see without their eyes got golden ratio in their EEG, alpha to beta frequency ratio. And so I developed my first invention to do that. It was called a bliss tuner. And now it's called flameinmind.com. <laughs> and you can read about it there. Uh, that will join our iThrive suite of apps and we'll actually show, be able to show, show the zero point in the sacrocranial pump and the heart rate variability actually phase lock with the EEG all in one app. It's going to be so gorgeous. Mm. <laughs> we got three, three apps on the app store now. There will be five when we're done. And so basically, you teach people to make golden ratio in their brain waves. The new information, and that was, you know, the golden ratio in the EEG was what Krakow pioneered and we developed and then... Uh, you know, even the mind mirror people got that indirectly, even though they didn't know it's called the ratio, but their graphics showed they were doing that. But what they, no one knew was that, and this was our discovery, and I credit uh, my partner Bill Donovan for this too, that the right hemisphere has to be 180 degrees out of phase to the left hemisphere, exactly like the plasma tubes in the verify.net. And so what's happening is the right hemisphere and the left hemisphere are a golden ratio caduceus like literally pine cones kissing noses, but for the pine cones to kiss noses accurately, they have to be 180 degrees out of phase, and that's called phase conjugation, and that makes the screw at the center implode, mm-hmm. and that's how phase conjugate mirrors work, and it's it's pretty cool, because you can literally teach and measure bliss experience. And, and a, a large number of people using the Therify.net have bliss and euphoria experiences. Wow. Like uh, self-induced, like you can you can give yourself a bliss experience, or they're more off. They're more you're more liable well, to have it, them it, in your everyday life. If you're able to relax and you're relatively well nourished, and actually more women than men <laughs> in the therapy plasma, anyway, uh, it's pretty likely you can have bliss and euphoria experiences there. Actually, well, I mean, we achieve. Uh, spine liquid pump entrainment called a zero point uh, with their fine, but we, and that's measured with iThrive.com, but also uh, brainwave entrainment. Remember, the, the spine liquid uh, low frequencies, the physics of Kundalini, uh, are exactly the frequencies we're feeding the plasma in the therapy, and exactly the brainwave harmonics for bliss, the alpha beta golden ratio series, is exactly the frequencies that are pumped into therapy. So the therapy is helping do that field for you. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, technology is a way to accomplish this. I'm saying this is a mirror to learn how to do it inside yourself. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. The therapy plasma lights a beautiful tornado. And by the way, it triggers clairvoyance magnificently. Uh, we know why. But, uh, you know, always it is, it's, it's 
someone that needs to steer the tornado. Well, let's let's get into the therify then, because I've that's definitely something that was of interest to me. Um, learning about all your work and. You've, I've seen interviews with you with people in other continents working with this device, and it's it's provided some definitely some pain reduction, some healing potential for sure, like physically and and otherwise. Let's talk yeah. about how how that's working then, and then where like and if there's any around here that I can try in Calgary. Um, yes, we have a a private center there in Calgary, and Paul, our major lab is just uh, halfway to Vancouver, Kelowna. Uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. many choices. We can uh, Good. make referrals for you guys there. Um, yes. Um, well, the website is therify.net, and there you'll also see that we're in over 12 countries with centers there already. Mm-hmm. Very successful. Um, it's based on a technology that was famous here in France called Priori, P-R-I-O-R-E, and um, in which the French government documented thousands of cancers were healed. Unfortunately, no one knew the physics, and uh, so it kind of fell apart. But then when I discovered, when I wrote the new equation, which is on the cover of my book at fractalfield.com, and saw that that was the actual frequencies they were using, the background is that you know people waltzing into Tesla's lab in, in the high-frequency sparks were always getting healed. And so then uh, Lukowski picked up on that. And he was using golden ratio in a spark series. And then Priory uh, built very expensive devices based on that. So Lukowski and, and Priory and, and Tesla and Rife, they, they all used the same harmonic series uh-huh. and by, by trial and error. But then right. I wrote an equation to predict what those frequencies were and which ones were best. And so then I knew the physics of the principle behind it, which none of those people I mentioned had a clue what phase conjugation is. And that's the only way to to understand the principle. So it was at that moment that we decided to build it, which is now called therify.net. And um, basically, the more broad spectral the phase conjugation, the more negentropic. That's the key physics. So, so, th- that, so this is creating a, a plasma uh, wavelength or a plasma energy that um, will help sort of entrain your own physical. Um, it'll resonate got, with you physically, sort of. And yes, you've got two plasma tubes with noble gas under pressure called phase conjugate optics, and then you have a bifilar, precisely phase conjugate, half million volt Tesla coil. Uh, dumpling a complex harmonic series, starting with the equation on the cover of my book, uh, exactly in the two opposing conjugating broad-spectral plasma fields. So you're modulating the optical phase conjugation with precise phase, low-frequency phase conjugation. The electronics, in Priory's day, it costs millions, literally multiple millions to build these things. Now, you know, 20,000 or 25, something like that. Um, but in, so... We can deal with localized pain typically in one or two sessions, mm-hmm. just a few, almost every time. Uh, and long-term and chronic pain, uh, I can't say we can help everyone, but I think most people with long-term and chronic pain we've been able to help as well, which is amazing. And that typically takes five to ten sessions or something like that, which sessions are typically uh, three to nine minutes each uh, once or twice a day is typically. And uh, it, it accelerates metabolism it speeds up your, your, your it's a buzz. <laughs> and uh, so afterwards, it's typical uh, detox requirements. You need uh, hydration and grounding. 
uh, to process this because your thoughts will go faster. They literally will. In fact, people report improved decision making and improved vision very commonly. But um, but during it, doesn't that slow your thoughts down as well? Like, doesn't that calm really calm you? But then afterwards, you notice an acceleration. Is that how it works? Well. <clears throat> Since the therify is measurably documented to induce the famous sacrocranial pump, uh, spine liquid pump zero point, uh, we can use that as a metaphor here. That uh, when the spine liquid pump goes to a zero point, which is called the healing crisis, the reason it heals is because uh, when the compression waves all converge to create a still point, then they emerge uh, it, it, with more uh, coherence and harmonic inclusiveness afterwards. So they're literally more phase discipline afterwards. So by getting that buzz to the still point, all the waves are then persuaded to agree. And what emerges is called phase conjugation, negentropy, is increased order. <laughs> One way of talking about it. Sounds I mean, like in practical electric terms, mushrooms. Well, it's an electric. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like the hero in the movie Powder. Uh, is that to inhabit the center of a lightning bolt, you have to get to the place where all the waves agree. And that's another name for Kundalini, basically. Yeah, yeah. Can you kill, like, cancer cells or anything with this sort of technology? Well, you know, the original Priory device was famous for healing cancer, and we have literally dozens of documented stories with Therify of helping people with cancer, but I don't think we can help everyone. And I, I, we are very clear, Therify.net, you read the legal section, we make no medical claims at all, and we definitely are working with and encourage working with doctors and medical professionals. We're not bypassing the medical profession by any means. Uh, and in, and also many of the cases of serious cancers that we have been able to help, and there are a lot, um, this is used in synergy with other things, notably uh, therified plasma treated water used with the therify is very effective. Also therified plasma treated uh, hemp oil uh, is very effective in synergy with also, of course, alkaline diet and some of the things. But yes, there's yes, we, we, we also believe we can create uh, stem cell dedifferentiation and a well documented that we create plant growth. So how are you working with them? It's great that you're, you know, you're taking all this um, anecdotal evidence from people and you're very open about how you are working towards uh, more rigorous scientific Absolutely. studies. But is there some, can you explain some of the ways you're doing that? Or? Well, anybody that wants to set up a Therify center, yeah. uh, we, we, we definitely arrange that uh, medical professionals and professional scientists are involved in every case. And, uh, you know, you can see at Therify.net and the dozen or more international websites that are linked to that, like the New York site is Therify.tech, mm -hmm. the Sydney Australia site is Therify.com.au, mm -hmm. uh, South Africa site, Belgium site, London site's coming, and yeah, many. Yeah, yeah. And but you'll see at each of them that many of the results reports are from medical professionals, uh, famously Dr. Gerald Smith there, who uh, with the New York Center found, uh, you know, measured infrared uh, swelling reduction and, uh, you know, really understands what phase conjugation is. And these people are very systematic about this. Now, it, supposedly the medical doctors here in France are, have had dramatic uh, success with leukemia. 
and we're hoping to maybe have more formal announcements of that as well. But, you know, definitely, you know, we're not making medical claims and we're trying to do this systematically and, and, and very legally. You know, it's, it's not illegal to have a sun lamp that helps circulation and it, it accelerates metabolism. Mm-hmm. So you're getting each of those centers to document uh, <clears throat> document a lot of cases and... and, uh, and and remember, there there is such a thing as too much, <laughs> um, because people can get ungrounded. Uh, you know, the short term effect often is better, literally reported, better decision making skills, better vision. Uh, many people, you know, get younger, feel a snap, crackle, pop. These it's very helpful, uh, but. Hydration and grounding is is critical. Literally, what is classically called detox is needed because you, you add spin density. You don't have to detox the blood, things like that. So, yeah, the problem with with uh, with the decision making thing is it's so subjective, right? It's it's just uh, it's good it's good when you get it's good when you get those physical healing things like people that have had chronic pain or they or they've been uh, in a car accident, and they have migraines, and I mean it's. It's important not to just ignore that anecdotal stuff. I mean, my girlfriend had uh, migraines, chronic migraines for years, and we heard about this um, this piercing called the Daith piercing. It's uh, it's like an inner ear kind of uh, piercing that it was helping people with migraines. And there's you know an argument over the internet over whether it's scientifically been studied. And we were like, well, who cares? Let's just try it. And and she hasn't had a migraine in a year since she had a piercing in her ear. Inner pressure. That's very interesting. Yeah. So it did something about the like the uh, the energy, the chi. There's something going through there, and it, it did something to you know to well, release some pressure. It, it's it, which is what Kundalini is. I mean, that's what my book shows that the frequencies of the spine liquid pump and the frequencies of the ringing heard in the inner ear uh, during Kundalini um, um, fit my equation for phase conjugation from Bentos work. Um, on stalking the wild pendulum, the biomechanics of Kundalini. Uh, and so what we know exactly where the ringing in the head comes from, uh, it's a phase conjugation going to completion. So if you finish that implosive process and the flame goes to completion and implodes out the center and then gets to charge distribution, the bliss goes to its completion point. So we know what that mechanism is. And it's, it's teachable and it's measurable. It's not a mystery. Oh, it's interesting. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'll have to put a link uh, in the show notes to to that for sure. It's got all the centers in there, and then you, and you said there was a one in there. There's a possibility of trying this in Calgary. Um the the, the Calgary um, uh, it's a, center is a private is, one, right? That's right. But we can make private introductions there. Okay. Um, and um, our major. Uh, genius of the Therify hardware, uh, Paul is there in Canada, and uh, we'll introduce you to him. You can see that at uh, therify.net also, and uh, that's halfway to Vancouver. And also, there's a new Therify center just going in in, in Vancouver as well. Right on. That sounds great. So I don't, I don't want to uh, switch gears too too far over here, but you also talk a lot about um, our evolution and the origins of DNA, and, and there's some Stuff in there about the monoatomic gold. I, I heard you mentioning some really interesting reasons of why this gold um, can produce certain effects in the body. But you're also sort of warning against just um, these external ways of uh, of 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 uh, getting to a bliss point, right? 
Right. Well, you know, there's a dozen of our articles on gold powder at goldenmean.info slash gold powder. But the article about how the monoatomic materials make phase conjugation in a fractal field and therefore uh, cold plasma is at fractalfield.com slash cold plasma. And it kind of starts with my days working with Bucky Fuller where... You know, I learned that the jitterbug, uh, which is now called phase conjugate collapse, uh, ecosa uh, octa charge collapse, which is how uh, Buckminster Fullerene phase conjugates. And uh, although Buckminster Fullerene hadn't been invented with that when Bucky taught me that personally. Huh. Um, the point is, Buckminster Fullerene is an example of a phase conjugate material. It's monatomic carbon in a certain way. Well, it's, it's stellated carbon, let's just say. Um, it, it's the most studied uh, chem, uh, atomic geometry in all of chemistry, probably. And um, it makes an implosive still point in the center, which is chemical magic. <laughs> That's the point. And uh, which introduces the idea of what monoatomic materials are. That basically, if you look at the completed valence, outer valence electron nest, of noble gases which phase conjugate and monoatomics which phase conjugate. In every case, you find uh, uh, dodeca ecosa completed stellation. Uh, we have a, a modeling kit to animate that. It's a goldenmean.info slash kit mm-hmm. called another kit, which I then proved is the radii of hydrogen. Um, and so this creates an electric field which uh, triggers implosive charge collapse, literally mm-hmm. makes a zero point, a black, a mini black, black hole <clears throat> maker. <clears throat> so monoatomic materials are powerful because they're they're successfully triggering non-destructive charge collapse. They, literally, the definition of the chem in alchemy or chemistry, which means I will raise a chem or a, I will raise a chem a sham unto the Lord. I will make a black hole. The true physics of alchemy: implosive collapse. And that introduces why monoatomics are powerful, and monoatomic gold, for example, can it literally trigger charge implosion in the blood. The problem was that the purely chemically derived sources are extremely dangerous, put holes in the aura, and really mess you up. I mean, David Hudson was making a big mess, actually. So would it be good to experiment with a little bit of that? Well, um, you know, David Hudson's purely chemically made gold powder was... Very dangerous. You put holes in your aura. I think Thoth uh, had a series of articles about how to avo- avoid fractionation of the personality from addiction to gold powder. That, that's, <laughs> that's as old as Thoth. Um, and but but yet, as you evolve to make more and more organically or or, or contextually derived chemical sources of that, for example, the uh, the. Uh, agricultural armies, the 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 uh, the uh, what is it? The uh, the mucilaginous material from the aloe, the manilo. Uh, so there's a whole variety of more organically derived sources, uh, uh, even blueberry juice. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> um, and so they're able to trigger that charge collapse with more context uh, without burning holes in your aura. So. I mean, there's a whole history of this stuff. In the ancient times, this was served in a round white wafer, later called Holy Communion. And it, using it, making it out of white bread is 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 a joke uh, for the church. It's it's stupid. Uh, but actually, it was served in, in a, 
also in a geometry like a pine cone at Rennes-le-Chateau. And uh, that's how the white gold powder was served. It's the mana. It's the spice. Huh, interesting. So I, I did want to, you, you touched on a, the Dota and the icosahedron shapes as well. And I wanted to ask you about that because I heard you mention that Jody Foster's craft and contact was dodecahedron shaped, and I never realized that. But I had a I had a UFO sighting in in uh, Israel in 1990, and and the only close description to the shape of this thing was was uh, either either a dodecahedron or an icosahedron, depending on it's because it was moving and it was split in half, and the halves were rotating against themselves. But it was definitely that kind of shape. Oh, very cool, very cool. And you know, we have actual photographs of people who see these orbs, the plasma orbs, and uh-huh. you zoom in and you have dodecaecosa. Right. And that's right. A, a very good insight. I mean, the essential physics is that, uh, you know, if you tilt a, a tetra cube at 32 degrees, the chin angle of the sphinx, and rotate and blink five times, you have a, do- a pentagonal dodecahedron. <laughs> if, if you stellate, the pentagonal dodecahedron, edge length 0.618, at all edges straight out, then you have an icosahedron, and you can do that interdigitated infinitely. And that's what the star mother kit is, golden mean that info slash kit. And, and we now later wrote the equations to prove that's the geometry, literally how geometry, hydrogen is built. And, and that creates, when it's phase is uh, scaled precisely to Planck sphere, it creates implosive charge collapse, which is the only reason that hydrogen makes gravity that's the that's the new information then is why an object falls to the ground something einstein and nasa never figured out and it, because the waves add and multiply their phase velocities and golden ratio scale to plot and the charge accelerates towards center and that's named the gravity did you catch that one darren gravitastic <laughs> that's that's a tough one so but but there was a difference. You 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 mentioned a difference between icosahedrons and dodecahedron as far as like our ability to reach a higher state of vibration was through more of an icosa shape as opposed to a dodecahedron. Well, actually, from the point of view of physics, wave mechanics, group group theory, symmetry theory, dodecahedron have the same symmetry. Uh, it's a five spin five seven spin symmetry array. So the, the group theory shows that dodeki casa are functionally the same in wave mechanics. What is different is the, is the tetracubic. Tetracubic structures have seven axes of spin symmetry and produce only uh, powers of two called the octave and produce maximum destructive wave interference, which are ideal for charge isolation, uh, hex, cube, tetra, octave. Cube. They all have the same electrical function, which is charge isolation. It's not evil, but it's definitely charge isolation. Nature always uses hex structures. You know, the witch puts a hex on you, which is to fix the spell. The opposite of that is the pent symmetry, which is dodecaecosa, which creates only golden ratio, which creates constructive wave interference, which then invites charge distribution, which ah, is the opposite. That's the functional difference. So the part of your house where you want secrets, you know, powers of two, then is octave cubes, basically. The part of the house where you want sharing, then it should be pent. This is why every living protein is pent. That's the electrical reason. Wow, that's interesting. And if you, and if you pair that, just to complete the thought, if you pair that, 
uh, of the seven spins inside tetracubic with the five spins outside and you draw that, you have the Anu, which is proven from not just clairvoyance, but in physics to be the geometry of the heart of the sun, the heart of the human, the heart of hydrogen. Five spins inside, seven spins inside, five spins outside. And that's the Ophanum sigil of truth and uh, also the uh, um, Adawi sigil of the Cherokee. Huh. Man, I'd love to, if you have time, I'd love to get into how your research led you down the evolutionary path, like the evolution of our DNA and and uh, some of that stuff, because it's it fascinates me. I feel like we're missing something um, in well, the evolutionary thing. There's a missing link or something, and I, I feel like the races, uh, how we evolved, like we're learning more and more about, um, you know, our... our our genetic ancestors and how there's, you know, Denisovian more involved and how we came, we didn't just come up from Africa the way we thought. And I wondered if you have any thoughts on that. It reminds me of our, when we were interviewing Credo Mutwa and he was explaining why the, uh, the Zulu name for Kilimanjaro means Enki <laughs> and how, how, how they had learned, uh, to eat a little bit of the grays to achieve a psychedelic. <laughs> they, they knew a lot about the ETs down in Zulu country. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, how this kind of starts is, look, the science is clear. Uh, the only path to immortality is to project plasma aura through death. And we know exactly the electrical physics of that. We know where and when ghosts go after death and why. It's, it's very clear plasma projection physics. So to get there, you know, DNA has to get ready to, to, to throw your aura around. And the history of that, is, you know, getting a soul is called uh, uh, all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. <laughs> they, the, our ancestors were uh, massaging, uh, playing the genetics of royal families like we do show dogs. <laughs> and why? So... Um, some point there, I decided to study every direct source of extraterrestrial knowledge I could find on the planet. But I mean the direct sources. And um, I, I spent a lot of time with these people, uh, uh, Morning Sky, uh, Ghost Wolf, uh, Alex Collier, and, um, and uh, Anton Parks has been very helpful now, and many of these people. So I studied sort of the electrical physics of the ET origin of DNA. And all of that information is at fractalfield.com slash fusion in the blood. And the short summary is that, um, you know, Enki, whom we later called Raz and Abraham, and who's later called Osiris. First of all, he looked like a frog. Every picture of Osiris in Egypt has a green face for that reason. Poseidon, you know, Ichthyos, fish god, and that's why God is fishy today. Um, and but his family, uh, which is called Draco uh, or Nephilim or Anunnaki from Pleiades, and every indigenous tribe knows they they came from Pleiades. Um, it, it, the the bloodline was called Uru U R U, the ages Uras, and um, and this is their origin of our word Europe and Ural and. Uru Asa Elam Jerusalem in Hebrew and Hebrew. So the, the word Uru is very present there, and you need to know what it means. It means ancient Draco dragon blood. That's what it means. And uh, they had a very specific blood chemistry. Their, uh, the Anunnaki Nephilim, 
Draco from Pleiades, Anki's family, and they had a oil-based lipid blood. They breathed in nitrogen and out cyanogen, the poisonous dragon's blood. They had carbon bone, silicon nerve, and to them, uh, oxygen is a poison and water is a poison. And we know why from their home planet. It's very clear. And that's the origin of the chemistry of most of kosher. And it's why the flag of Israel, uh, uh, Star of David, is also the shape of the craft of Alpha Draconis. And so they, their genetic problem is what we put, you know, we were the bullet in that furnace. We, we're the vaccine in their Orion Wars. That's, that's basically what it comes to. Because after a, a few uh, thousand generations of cloning and, and Enki's Nudimud, uh, Ra, uh, Osiris's other name, Nudimud, means the cloner. Uh, what happens is the DNA loses vitality, literally ability to phase conjugate implode, and then you can't take memory through death. So it's losing your soul, literally. And that that's Humpty Dumpty's problem. That's thats the problem that we could be the solution to. And Enki, although he was paid to be the cloner to make humans, they're called Takadama, Adam and Eve, uh, you know, it, it, uh, only to be slaves and snack food. Uh, but he snuck a bullet in the furnace there. He he, he wanted to do something more interesting. <laughs> and and that's why he's called Rise and Abraham. Uh, because he was actually trying to create a uh, potential for insolvent. And how he did that was uh, uh, when he selected the Cro-Magnon to first do the blood, the genetic cross with the, the, the Draco nursemaids, um, the, basically the monkey he selected was the first in which he had ever seen compassion. And that created a situation where um, uh, uh, a passion was possible in, a, in the E.B. Uru, the bloodline cross, uh, which was had not been seen in the straight, uh, you know, Rh negative. The uh, Rh negative simply means uh, the, the, the monkey blood is not there. <laughs> yeah, I wanted I mean. to ask you about that too, actually. Yeah, and, and so it means the passion of you know we only hug our dogs and horses, and, and so uh, by introducing the possibility of a passion and compassion, literally coherent emotion. Uh, and there was another ingredient. There's some other ingredients there. Um, after originally, blood chemistry was based on chlorophyll only. But after you know a couple thousand years underground, um, when the humans reemerged, they were using iron instead of chlorophyll to bond oxygen and blood, called hemoglobin, bohemians. And so the iron-based blood was a new chemistry, blood chemistry for them. That's why we were called Adama, as in Takadama, Adam and Eve, which means Adam red in Hebrew, because of the uh, Scandinavia, the the red blood, the iron-based blood. And iron-oxygen-bonded blood created a completely different possibility for psychokinesis. So, uh, and and therefore plasma projection and soul and all the good things, because basically – the Nephilim fallen meant they lost the ability to take memory through death, lost all long-term memory. That's what fallen means. And so getting a soul 
is 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 the same as being able to steer a tornado through the speed of light called make the L as an Elohim. And and we now know that's the translation of vorticity by which phase conjugation creates longitudinal EMF, which is superluminal, goes through the speed of light and the physics of how you enter ancestral memory and literally a physics of tracking with your attention longitudinal EMF, which is how you lucid dream and and what the L's, the real L's can do and what they could not do. And so our potential you know, our technology is pretty childish, but our potential to actually plasma project in a way with our attention mm-hmm. uh, is, is it, you know, we are the vaccine in their war. An example, a very practical example of that is 90% of the humans who were abducted by the Greys on the assignment of the Draco were indigenous in part because of the lucid dreaming potential. Huh. So I'll just arrive. So you're saying that the people that were abducted have more had or have more potential for astral travel, lucid dreaming, that type of stuff. Well, the skill to be able to track with your attention the wave front. You know, basically, here most of our electromagnetics is called transverse up and down. But when a transverse electromagnetic goes down a spiral on a cone called translation of vorticity, out the end it comes out longitudinal, compressional wave. Longitudinal EMF goes faster than light and can go through just about anything. Mm -hmm. It's the physics of God and DNA radio and mitogenic radiation and the collective unconscious. And to track that wave front with your attention is precisely what it is to lucid dream, talk to ancestors, and take memory through death. And that's called the L as an Elohim, to make the phase shift. And they had the potential. The ones who had the potential to do that were the only ones who were abducted. What does that tell you? <laughs> they were trying to get a soul. So that's fairly interesting. So uh, how about us now in this in this uh, environment? Like well, some of the stuff what, you talked about about breaking the chain, the DNA chain, and and that sort of <clears throat> inhibiting your your ability to reach that collective unconscious or lucid dream. Like, is there stuff that's damaging us now that we should stay away from? I mean, the short answer is that if you don't get bliss, you're not only are you toast, but you don't get to win in that scenario. If you do get bliss, then you succeed. Because basically, every time you have a bliss experience, your DNA implodes a little bit more. You get more psychokinetic. You're steering more tornadoes, getting more clairvoyant, and learning to plasma project, doing everything that they forgot how to do. So access to bliss experience is everything. It's the whole message here, which is charge radiance. Call it the quality of grace, charge implosion, lots of names for it. And the hygiene to do that, that's the storal to the mori. And that's the book uh, called Ecstasy and Immortality. Our second book, uh, goldenmean.info slash conscious kids, tries to talk about the hygiene, which is basically, you know, you need to live in a place with charge density, the opposite of most modern cities and the opposite of most metal buildings with electrospock. You need biologic material because of the high dielectric makes charge distribution efficiency possible, which is how you inhabit with mind. It's why in a Waldorf school, the kids can only touch biologic material, wood, natural fabric, and stone, and never touch plastic and steel because literally the aura is frozen in places where charge distribution is not possible. You cannot inhabit the field. So that's step one, to begin to charge your aura and then learn the diet of live food and genetic diversity. Every time you pick anything to eat, you ask, when was the last time your DNA experienced freedom to your broccoli? You know, And, uh, and then you learn uh, yoga and, uh, and sacred gymnastics, some form of bliss process. Eventually, where you 
your ears ringing, you have Kundalini, get some bliss experience and become charged radiant. And that's the only way to get immortal. So is there a possibility to get bliss in the city? I mean, I've, I've found moments of that for sure. Like I had a Kundalini experience that I just talked about with another guest. And I mean, I get these like shiver states of what I would call momentary bliss. And I live, and I live in a city and I'm, you know, right now I'm in a freaking Faraday cage with a bunch of electronics. No, this is great. And I'm, I'm exactly the right question, sir. Uh, and, and I admire the fact that you're even recognizing those experiences. Good work. And my suggestion would be that the kinds of bliss experience only become sustainable when you get to environments where implosion, because basically during bliss experience, you're imploding the electric field around you. And if you do that in a, in a steel you know, cage with electrosmog, you're sucking in poison, basically. So bliss will never be sustainable in, in highly synthetic environments because you're imploding poison. It's the same physics exactly applies to the therified plasma system. Therified plasma system works great in biologic environments. But you get into electrosmog nasty environments and the therified, the therified system actually is not as powerful because it literally implodes its field. <clears throat> That's why grounding and getting to the nature and walking around in bare feet is so important. Probably exactly, too. Buy, precisely. Buy the book Earthing and and, and do the homework, and yeah, <laughs> there you go. You get the flavor. So you know you can you can walk in the city for a little bit when you need to do that, but when you really want to charge your aura, look. You know how many thousands of uh, of yogis learned how to live to be hundreds of years old in India, and ain't never one of them did it in a modern building. <laughs> Well, that's, that's why I always want to be in the bush when I eat my mushrooms. It's well, and when out, oh, oh, it's yeah. always better to be out in the bush, I find. Yeah. Uh, when Padmasambhava uh, melted the stone print with his hand, you can see it there with his aura. He did it in a cave. <laughs> and the same thing when uh, when Magdalene's son melted the his coffin lid with his knee called the plot of the Holy Grail. You know, they, they got their aura pretty well charged. Well, I think the other thing that's affecting us is not just, not just being in the city, but being in this artificial environment, the artificial lighting all day long, artificial lighting at night in front of our blue lights, in front of our TV screens, like, <clears throat> you know, without being exposed yes. to the, to the elements, the yeah. cold and the sun. Exactly. Whereas the harmonics of the sun actually feed implosion. In fact, you know, we originally said fluorescent lighting measurably kills attention. If you use sunlight in classrooms, you create attention span. Wow. Well, we actually have the, we have the equations for that now. We're actually building lighting and building buildings to, that fabricate attention. Wow. Well, who, who's doing that? Bioactivefield.com. Oh, really? Do you have any any suggestions on what I can do to increase my natural light at night, or like, or or, or sorry, I, I don't want natural light at night. I want dark at night when I'm going to go to sleep. But but um, is there anything I can do around just just day to day to? Well, yeah, I mean, basically, the place where you sleep is critical for the uh, maintenance of the aura. So, uh, you know. Um, a magnetic line cross point uh, is it feeds the aura uh, during sleep. Uh, so the same way you would cite a, a labyrinth or a cathedral applies to where you place your bed. It's, the more you have bliss experience, the more you can douse 
And the more you can bend magnetic lines, mm-hmm. only love bends the light, therefore only love creates. So every, the more your DNA is imploding, the more you're bending the magnetic lines. And see, as you weave them, you learn to find the places of power and charge your aura. You have to have your phone in airplane mode, Graham. That's part of it. You think so? I don't What'd know. You say about- I said his phone has to be in airplane mode when he sleeps or is not recharging his aura properly. <laughs> well, you really want to keep the phone out of your aura as much as possible. It's mostly bad news, but yeah. Airplanes are also bad for the aura. Sleeping in water is not, sleeping over water is bad for the aura because the aura wants to go with the water. Oh, that's interesting. We, we have uh, a, a lot of the suggestions around that, uh, you know, the advanced geo, spiritual science of geobiology at goldenmean.info slash geobiology. You, you can measure the aura collapse when you walk over a water vein. So a good architect actually places the walls over the underground water to keep people from sitting over an underground water vein for similar reasons. What about water in general? About you mentioned the the the, pla- the therify treatment of water, but what other things can you suggest to uh, to do with well, increasing your uh, the quality of your water? We have, we have theimploder.com, which is I took that equation for hydrogen radii and built a precise called Schauberger's Dream water vortex nozzle, and we build a in water vortex implosion devices for agriculture. Very powerful. Look at the hundreds of documented examples of plant growth, et cetera, there. So we get plant growth from therify.net, but also uh, theimploder.com, uh, which is perfected vortex technology kind of things. Hmm. Is that pretty economical for people to get on their own, like their, uh, the imploder one? Yes. And in fact, if you just recirculate water through the super imploder there, uh-huh. the imploder one. Oh, the that's imploder. what I saw over there on the imploder. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, when you recirculate through the water through the imploder in like a spa environment, very successful for healing all kinds of issues like documented the psoriasis uh, solution there in the Norway. You've got two different Norway Therify labs using the super imploder, the imploder.com with the Therify because the, the, the super imploder creates um, solubility effect, spin density in the water, and solubility is the hydration solution, and therefore a beautiful healing tool as well. Super soluble water in a spa is very healing. Is that what they talk about when the water is restructured? Like you're restructuring the water through the imploder? Yeah, you could say that. Although the term restructuring itself is so vague, it's you know it's not very specific. But what we you can measure with the super imploder, the imploder.com is a, a surface tension effect, a redox effect. And certainly a solubility effect. And the benefit is in, you know, typically 60% growth improvement by weight in hemp marijuana. <laughs> oh, whoa, there you go, Darren. That should pique your interest right there. Well done. Well done. <laughs> so I'm still looking at the imploder. <laughs> he thinks, well, I, think he, I think he thinks it looks like a penis pump or something like that. Hey, Darren, is that what you're thinking? Or like a bidet. <laughs> Attachment. Oh, the, I was looking at a little a, bidet that I can attach to my toilet. Oh, jeez. It's a, it's a vortex, idealized, precise vortex nozzle implosive at one end. And when the water is piezoelectric, you have a charged, spinning water vortex molecule coming out of the vortex. And it enters a super heavy, dense magnetic flux. And, it's a, and that creates extreme reduction of molecular cluster size added spin density. 
which is solubility. You know, and that solubility effect is dramatic. It's of course wonderful for plants, but for people, everything from back problems to hair problems to hair color to eye problems are related to hydration and solubility. So hydration solution is related to so many diseases. Well, I'm gonna have to try that. I'm looking for another way to change my water. It's particularly effective with hard water. Yeah, we have. Don't we? Isn't that what we have here, Darren? Really hard water. Yes. Like, yeah, it's crazy hard. Like in my. Uh, <clears throat> The reason it's so good with hard water is because hard water makes the vortex more piezo. And so that makes the capacitive field around the vortex itself. You know, when Victor Schauberger's water vortex spontaneously started to get colder just before it began making electricity from gravity, it's because he added rock powder to make it piezo, like the Steiner biodynamic preparations. Right, right. And we've actually proved that the electric field around the vortex nozzle is itself bioactive. So plants growing next to the nozzle will grow better even if they don't get the water. Hmm. So, Dan, how, how, is, how have you uh, received the, the, the skeptical arguments to all this? Or how have you dealt with that community? Like, obviously, you're, you're onto a lot of really cool stuff here and <clears throat> talking about you know, emotion and, and all this technology centered around it. And you must've been up for, for some pretty decent attacks by them. I mean, cause I mean the mainstream paradigm, we're still, we're still stuck in this materialistic paradigm where half the stuff we're talking about here, they just won't accept even if there is evidence. Well, you know, you know, implosion, implosive water technology is a commercial field in which we're successful and uh, there actually is no criticism. No, no, um, I meant I meant more about some of the more, um, you know, probably more of the Therify or more of the other, um, you know, research that you're doing and stuff, right? The the plasma technology, it's amazing, actually. There's there's interest. <laughs> People are <laughs> actually the negative. No, it, it, certainly I, I can relate to your question around the extraterrestrial origin stuff. And the ET origin stuff, I do not push that. I just offer it. Um, but, uh, you know, what my, my view in general has been that we develop a new physics here and we don't wait for a generation of physicists to die before they accept it. No, instead what we do is we build something with it. Mm-hmm. And when, right. that's commercially, when that's commercially successful, then that's the day when, you know, governments and universities come knocking at your door. <laughs> exactly. And we have been successful, so we're lucky and grateful. Is there any plans in the uh, in the future for new new things? I mean, you, you've just got this. How long the Therify hasn't been out very long, has it? A couple of years oh, now. No, yes, the Therify has been out maybe just over a year, and we're already in over twelve countries and doing great. We're the, still there's a waiting list for four to five months. Oh, wow. um, but you no, know, all of our technologies you can. Read, read the whole uh, list at implosiongroup.com, and there's quite a list. The propulsion technology, the energy technology, the crystal technology. Uh, and we have breakthroughs in a bunch of those fields cooking where all kinds of good stuff cooking here. It's, it's wonderful. <laughs> For example, if you pump, if you take that self-organizing golden spiral on the torus that you look at from the shadows of the tetra, uh, and those shapes are called Hebrew and Sanskrit, if you pump uh, water, particularly if, if it's um, uh, uh, piezo or if there's flux density in that spiral on that vortex through it, it's it's the physics of propulsion. 
And it's why the Vimana flew, and it's why the Nazi bell flew. And <laughs> if you, uh, and we have the equations to optimize. That's all at fractalfield.com slash propulsion. And that's only the beginning. If you take the same frequency signature and you pump it into quartz crystal, Kotsky Frost, that quartz crystal cube made 800 times its own weight in gravity. So we definitely intend to replace every form of transportation on the planet. We're just starting. And and the reason and the only reason you even want to bother teaching that stuff is because if you want to steer when you die and lucid dream, that's the physics of the reason Hebrew and Sanskrit exist because they create a, a propulsion direction direction vector. And it's the physics of the Ophanim and Okian ritual as well. Wow! So lots of stuff on the go. Oh yeah, big plans. <laughs> Well, we, we you know, coordinate a major international team of engineers, which is growing all the time. Wow. That sounds great. So is there anything that you th- you want to mention before we start wrapping it up that we might have sort of just glossed over or missed altogether? Well, you know, we really appreciate people's interest in the technology, and the technology is a great as a way to learn the principles here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's wonderful that they're successful. But the, but the real emphasis here, in, in, even in terms of learning the physics of phase conjugate fractal field.com, is in fact the hygiene. That um, once you decide that growing your aura is your priority, then your life changes. And that is, is hygiene. It's the real meaning of spirituality, the real meaning of the quality of grace. And, you know, here's an example. The definition of the term politics comes from the word body polis. A body polis is, for example, a beehive cannot swarm until the collective aura, plasma, collective unconscious, reaches critical mass. And then it is a projectable collective plasma. And that's the point at which they have a body polish. So the biological definition is that the word, the politics, does not exist until there is the possibility of collective bliss. Because nothing is collectively projectable. And in fact, there is no collective agreement actually possible. Now, once there is collective bliss process, every government on the planet would rather shoot you than allow you to have collective bliss because, of course, collective bliss, by biologic definition, replaces the need for government. And, well, it should. So the point is, if you want to have any hope at all, ever, for any kind of independence, you need individual and collective bliss process. Not only is it the only way to get through death successfully and get through the heart of the sun, but it's the only way to have a collectively navigable future. Literally, the willed mutation of the species. Yeah, it goes into uh, be the change, right? Exactly. So you prioritize your individual aura growth, your ability to have your own bliss experience, and eventually locate your soul group that learns to lucid dream together. And that's the critical mass that can take you through the heart of the sun, which is the only way to grow up. That's so weird, eh, Darren? Remember we were listening to that other, there's another guy we were listening to, a political podcast, totally mainstream, but he he's a psychologist or something, and his advice was very similar to yours, when the big question is like, what did these people do? He's like, work on yourself, like get it, you know, like learn about your history and why you are the way you are and find your, your, you know, your path or your soul. 
So, I mean, the message is coming from all, all different areas. Which means find your own inner still point, and eventually you hear that little ringing inside, and eventually your aura starts to grow and gain leverage. And then you steer tornadoes and control the weather and take your memory through death. So when I hear the ringing in my ears, what is that telling me? Because the last couple of weeks, I, I had a couple of times where I definitely got that ringing in my ear. Now, you're saying that's part of the, the kundalini leakage or something like that? My partner lady knows which ring and which ear is which ancestor calling, actually. <laughs> but when, when Bentoff measured the frequencies of the ringing in the ears heard by meditators, you can see the chart in the chart in my book, uh, fractalfield.com. Um, he, he showed it was a, the, the ventricle liquids uh, circulating, which is the climax of the sacral cranial to the kundalini pump. So we know the physics in great detail. But the reason it's called Sangreal Song in the Blood or Ancestors Calling <laughs> is because uh, that's the trigger for the broad spectral phase conjugation, which is the beginning of real bliss process. So that's a good time to go to the still point and find the magnetic line cross point. And, okay. you know, that's where you start to make phone calls to ancestors. Okay, that's good to know. Right on, Dan. Well, thanks so much for coming on. It's been a wealth, of, fun. Yeah. wealth of knowledge. We're really happy to share, and please do invite folks to stay in touch. Uh, people can reach me at info at fractalfield.com, and let's all become a shareable wave. <laughs> Great, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll link to all this stuff in the show notes, and we'll uh, we'll let you know when this comes out. And uh, thanks a lot, and look forward to try- trying the, the Therify for sure. Great. We'll get those communications and introductions to you. Thanks for caring, and thanks for inviting me. Okay. Thanks, Dan. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I wonder if Therify will listen to Theravin is good. Oh, yeah. There you go. That'll really increase your aura. That's right. Or it'll shrink it down in big, fear. Big thanks to Dan for staying up late over there in the uh, harsh climates in the south of France. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. He's a faster talker than I expected. I watched some of his lectures on YouTube, and he was a little bit more slow on there. But uh, for us, man, of course, he was just, more slow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I really had to pay attention to keep up there. What are you uh, laughing about there? Nothing. Your English, your broken English. Um, yeah, he must be fairly uh, coherent right now. Yeah, he's yeah. he must have been therifying it up pretty good. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, see, it's it's. Uh, it's too bad we didn't have the visuals ready, or we couldn't do that for a guy like this, because he's he's his, he's got just tons of uh, visuals ready to go. Well, the last video went so well. I don't. Yeah, it just took like <laughs> two months to get it posted. Yeah. Anyway, big thanks to Dan for coming on the show. That was a fun one. Maybe we can look at doing video with him uh, sometime in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Um, check out gramerica.ca slash support uh, for other different options to help us keep having these long uninterrupted uncommercial chats and uh, that's the kind of stuff that might you know make it easier for us to do things like video down the road yeah we got to talk about our donations here at the in the outro because people could just skip right through the intro chapter to the interview and Never realized that we Never need donate. donations and we need support to keep going. That two new subscribers, though, we've almost oh, replaced good, good. all the all the quitters. <laughs> no, but the, you said that they weren't quitters, though. They, 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 well, the PayPal problem happened. Yeah, there could be a PayPal problem, but there's definitely a chance that some people quit. Man yeah. overboard. Man overboard. <laughs> it was bound to happen. But it's, uh, a few people have stepped up and taken their place, so 
It's good to see. I think we got yeah. three new subscribers in the last Right week. on. So well, welcome to, aboard. Yeah, let's try to get three more this week, guys. Yeah. Check, uh, check it out, grandamerica.ca slash support. Of course, if you can't help us out financially, um, you can still do fun stuff like spam gram with your stories and synchros and such. Yeah, there's a ton of ways to connect to through Instagram or Twitter or YouTube or the website. Yeah, rate the show wherever you can and iTunes share sure. the show yeah. wherever you can and tell your friends about the show. Yeah, and, and send in like links to videos and, and potential guests. I mean, honestly, a lot of the guests we've been having on are suggestions from listeners, and a lot of them we had on our radar already, but some of them we definitely kind of kicked this in the ass to go after them a bit quicker. That's right. So send in your suggestions, sign people up for the newsletter. Uh, just go in the show notes right now and do everything on Graham's list of to-dos. Thanks yeah. for listening, guys. We will see you next week.